When you come back from a loss, first thing you have to realize is you have to drop it in 48 hours. You carry that one home. You take a Sunday, that's 24 hours, and then half a day Monday before you take the field. We don't want to talk about last week when we go on to next week. I'm Les Miles, and this is Less Is More. So since I wore a hat in college football, I've worn the same hat, period. I mean, it's been, it's been a hat that had uh, some height to it. I basically allowed it to breathe and really just sit on top. And that was how um, Bill McCartney wore his hat. That was especially how Bo Schembechler wore his hat. The idea that they call me the Mad Hatter, that has to be fourth down calls, whether it's fourth and five against Alabama and you know, really Doucette's goes goes for 15 and a touchdown, whether it's a fourth down on the right hash where you flip the ball in a reverse because you know that the end closes so hard you don't have to block him. I, I can only tell you that any coach that's worth his salt visions the game changer, the one that takes the momentum away from the opponent. I guess what I'm saying is this Mad Hatter, I don't think there's anything mad about it. Now, I only know I've showed some some uh, analysts that would be on the sideline. I'd lift that hat up and show there's nothing in there. <laughs> Welcome, guys, gals, to Less Is More. Uh, we are going to look at a uh, LSU-Alabama game, which would be very difficult for me to pick. Smacker Miles will be calling in. She's uh, with the Dallas Cowboys right now, and we'll accommodate, and she'll be with us. But certainly a, uh, a starting point may well have been the biggest game in college football, the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. I, uh, I looked at this game, John, before it was played, and I really wondered if Ohio State could stand and stay on the same field as Penn State. But uh, the last drive that JT Barrett had in that game was, you know, spectacular in a 39 to 38 victory. Um, that was uh, that was classic Big Ten football. I mean, John, the uh, momentum, 14 down to start the game off. I mean, wow. Yeah, they they less, um, you know. I got to give uh, Ohio State a ton of credit. Uh, as you recall, I picked that one. I picked the Buckeyes in Columbus last week. Um, they have a lot of talent. Um, they're coming together. You know, I think everyone kind of got a, uh, a, a kind of a different taste on their mouth after that Oklahoma game. Uh, you know, that beating that Oklahoma gave them early. But they've been getting steadily better each week. And J.T. Barrett uh, seems like he's been there for 100 years. He just keeps getting better. He's throwing the ball much better this year. Before he was a, uh, you know, his freshman year, he threw the ball well. Last couple of years, I thought he didn't throw it as well. And then this year, uh, I think with Wilson, uh, 
you know, really coordinate that offense. I think they're really starting to come together and hit on all cylinders. They've recruited tremendously well the last few years, and they got a lot of talent down there. And I think they're really starting to round into 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 shape coming down the home stretch. And um, to do what they did to Penn State to come back, obviously playing in Columbus, uh, the momentum and the emotion and the fans all had uh, a lot of. Uh, Positive things for the Buckeyes, but it was a unbelievable comeback. Uh, you know, he goes 13 for 13 for 170 yards, throws for 300 some, four TDs, no interceptions, which I think was key. And he leads the team in rushing with 95 yards. That was a, you know, a senior Heisman type candidate uh, performance. I agree with you. The uh, um, when when you you come down to, if you looked at him versus Oklahoma, not only were were was he off some, but even when he was on, the receivers didn't catch the ball. There were a bunch of huge drops in his um, in his business, and um, you know what what he did as he went forward is he just became much more proficient. You know, he, he took what the defense was giving him and made some really big plays, and you know he was going to be called upon at key times in that game to run the football. I mean, it's, it's just exactly what Urban Meyer's done a ton when he was at Florida and um, and will obviously continue to do. But uh, I, I really thought, just like you, when, when you go down the field to score, to win the game, um, when you, uh, you know, when any miscue could cost you the game, that is a, uh, th- those are Heisman moments. And I agree with him. He, uh, you know, they have to maintain their position. He'll be that'll be a, a one-loss team, but I think that uh, if they get into the playoffs, that that will give J.T. Barrett everything that he um, would need to be a quality Heisman contender. Well, you, you hey guys, remember. I'm here now. Hey, Smackers. Good hey, to have you. Smacker Miles. <laughs> nice to nice. Hey, babe, how are you? I'm glad you're with us. We were, hey, uh, there was a I bunch of viewers. Too. There was a bunch of viewers that were in our, in, knocking on the, the door here, wondering where your voice was. So, <laughs> you know. Thanks, Dad. All I have to say about that game is that I think talent is often the key to a huge comeback. And I think that Ohio State started out sloppy with that, the return on the kickoff by Saquon Barkley. And then they turned it over right away, but talent won that game. Yeah, that's a great call. I mean, and a senior quarterback who has a lot to prove still. He didn't get the quarterback that national championship game a couple years ago, and then he also last year. You know, I think the way they uh, got eliminated from the playoffs, uh, you know, that still sits in his craw. And he reminded me a lot of Troy Smith. Uh, you know, who had three fabulous seasons and won the Heisman. And uh, the way he played in Columbus as a, a four-year starter, uh, it was evident that uh, he's on a mission this year. Hey, you know what, John? Yeah, I agree. Hey, Abe, Smack, here's one thing that you don't see on TV. What you don't see on TV is momentum. And you can mm-hmm. start getting a grasp of it, but, like, for instance – Unless you had a surround sound and you had 110,000 people piped into your room, you don't understand momentum. And that game, that that game, 
bit by bit, the defense would make big plays, somebody would get knocked down, and the offense would come to the field, and there was momentum shift that that was just very visible. And but you had to see it because you couldn't hear it. And it, uh, John, we uh, that is a tremendously difficult place to play when they have the momentum and the ball, and things have changed. In the in other words, you took a fourteen point lead. You figured this was going to be easy, and then suddenly you get into the second half, and it's not easy, and this thing's going in another direction, and you just can't turn the tide. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, they uh, and that defense of Ohio State, they, they, the pressure, that, that defensive line and those linebackers were flying around. I mean, it, they really came together that, that, that fourth quarter, and I, and I agree with with smackers, Ohio State's loaded. Okay, albeit some young talent that's developing, but they they got a lot of a lot of athletes and a lot of players. And you know, coming down the home stretch, um, you know they're they're getting better each week. After that Oklahoma game, they've gotten better each week. And the thing that Barrett's doing now, he's not just taking off, right? He's hanging in the pocket. He's extending plays with his feet, and he's making some great passes, and he's not just taking off because obviously he can run, and there's a lot of design runs for him, but he's hanging in there, and he's making plays, uh, pass plays with his feet by his extending of those plays. Well, there it is, that uh, familiar sound that says there's a uh, question on the line. Where are we at? Hey, Les, Corey here, um, lifelong LSU fan. I was wondering, as uh, one of the best recruiters in the game when you were a coach you were obviously involved in some high stakes recruiting battles who is one or a few of the players that you were most excited to receive their commitment whether it be because of their talent or a a surprise commitment and then on the other hand who were some of the players that hurt the most to lose on their commitment because of their talent, or maybe you thought you had them in the bag and they went to another school. Thanks. Have a great day. You know, recruiting is a um, an opportunity to add to your family, your team, and the relationships that you build with mom and dad and sister and brother, um, coach, and certainly the prospect, they're sincere. I mean, you care for them. And when you join the team and you add to the team, it's just a joyous celebration. And anything short of that, if they turn and they go to another team, it's painful because, frankly, you extended yourself. You you reached out. You cared. And uh, that's that's the, the uh, that's the toughest thing about recruiting. When when they, when a guy that you know is going to have great success at your school and you can't get him to commit that, in fact, he was close. Or, in fact, he did commit, and he, you know, late in recruiting decided there was a better place for him to go. Um, I uh, I can tell you this. Pat Peterson, who was the number one ranked um, athlete out of Florida, um, when we first met him and I, I challenged him, I said, I said, Pat, I said, um, where are you going to go to school? And he said, well, I'm going to visit you guys, coach. He says, but I'm yeah, in USC. Those will be my two out of state. And then I'm going to visit the Florida, um, Miami, and Florida State teams. And, you know, in the state, he says, and I'll probably stay in the state. And I said, 
well then, Pat, with all due respect, I don't want you to visit. And I said, because I want you to look at a place brand new, and I want you to see it with eyes that are open and that you could truly accept and engage on this visit. He says, I said, otherwise, you're wasting your time because I think you'll like what we have to offer better than any of the rest. And uh, so I said, I appreciated it, and, and, I, and I really did enjoy him. And so he said, Coach, I just talked to my mom and dad. We're going to come down. And I, and I suggested they come down in the summertime, you know, when, in, at a time where we could really spend a lot of time with him. And, uh, and they did. And um, it was everybody and his brother. And, and late in recruiting, I, uh, um, you know, he basically pulled the hat at the uh, All-Star game and said, you know, I'm going to be an LSU Tiger. And uh, I just, I, that was, he was, one, a great All-American, a great player, great punt returner, great person. He was a leader. He uh, he challenged all of the DBs in that uh, in that meeting room to play at a real high level. And whether they were freshmen or they were seniors, it didn't make any difference. He felt DBU was very significant. And uh, I uh, that would be that would be my 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 take. There's a bunch of great ones though. I mean, the guys that that came, uh, you know the. Um, Tyron Matthews, the Lyle Collinses, those really, really good players. You know, they they fill my memory. The uh, and the one that that uh, that got away was was certainly Dylan Moses, and I couldn't blame Dylan Moses because I was no longer at the school that he was going to commit to, and so he chose to go to Alabama. And uh, I. Uh, but I would have really enjoyed. I knew his family. I knew him. I would really have enjoyed coaching him. That would have been a uh, a uh, he would have been easily on the list of guys that uh, that came that that we were thrilled about. So, but uh, um, recruiting is personal, and it's and it's you 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 have a uh, relationships, and they hurt when they. They're not fulfilled in, in a commitment, and they're in celebrated when a commitment is realized. You know, everybody has stories that they like to tell, and and one that I enjoy is uh, um, about how I met my wife. And uh, hang on a second, Kathy Miles, Kathy. So I met my wife at Michigan. I was a, um, a young assistant, and I would occasionally stop in at this little dive diner, kind of a greasy spoon. You know, you could feel the grime in the air, and there was this really cute, just very attractive waitress. And I said, give me a cup of joe, babe. And uh, she was getting a little moony-eyed on me, and I said to her, I said, hey, listen, why don't you put that apron down and you come away with me. I'll take you places. And she said, in the sweetest voice, absolutely. And so she took off that little apron, threw it down. And she told that guy behind the counter, had his sleeves rolled up and the half a beard, said, I'm not working here anymore. I'm going with him. And uh, we never came back. I think that's how it happened. 
he always gives a false story like that. Every time we're in a recruiting function, he would tell all the moms the story and have them laughing. The truth is, we were supposed to meet because I was coaching women's basketball. My head coach was starting to recruit territorially like the football program at Michigan. And he called me into his office and he said, here, he put on a little legal sheet named Les Miles. He said, I want you to go over to the football office and meet Les Miles. He recruits the Chicago area and then he'll know about some alums, what schools really like Michigan and what schools could be helpful. I looked over my shoulder and I said, what's this guy like? And he shrugged his shoulders and he said, typical football coach. And then he's on Bo Schembechler's staff, which it's, the building itself is just sacred. One morning, I'm walking up to the building and I just kind of, in the parking lot, I run into this guy and he says, hey, did you see the basketball game last night? Larry Bird and uh, Isaiah. I mean, there, that was there was there was Dennis a big Rodman. Time. Dennis Rodman. That was a big time. Joe team. Dumars, Billy Lambert. So, and me as not a really a non basketball player, I had no clue that you were a basketball coach, and certainly didn't knew anything about basketball. And so we start talking about the game, and then he says, "By the way, my name's Les Miles," and I said, "Oh, I was supposed to meet you." regarding recruiting the Chicago area. So we chatted about recruiting for a second. And then he said, hey, I'll buy you a coffee sometime. I said, okay. I look over my shoulder and my boss is walking up. And I just felt like I had a smile about three feet wide. And all I was thinking is I wanted to say to him, you didn't tell me he was so good looking. (laughs) I, I think that was fair. I sometimes get confused with the uh, waitress uh, story. <laughs> so you're a believer? You guys are believers now? I tried to call that last week. And you did I call know, it. Now, you're right. And, you called it, and John. And now you're, you're, you're jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, the Cyclones coming off that big win at OU, they've beaten two uh, top ten teams. Their, their confidence is all-time high. And uh, they're sitting atop the uh, Big 12. I mean, what, what else do we need to know? I think that uh, that I was held to a pick and I was caught because I picked TCU in this one, okay? And I, <laughs> the only thing I can tell you is is that should um, they teach a little bit um, better brand of ball security, I think that the TCU team could have certainly won that game. But hats off to Iowa State because they are no longer a Cinderella team. They have come to play. They've mm-hmm. played good um, quality teams and played them well. And so now here we go. I mean, they've, they've beaten Oklahoma and TCU. I mean, they've beaten two top five um, teams. So uh, I... Uh, mm-hmm. They're the only team in the country with two wins this season against top ten teams. They get to play uh, yeah. the, uh, the... Is the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys in their future? Yes, they do. Yeah. Oklahoma State, they'll have them home in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think I think that'll, that'll tell you exactly who they are because I think that that uh, Oklahoma State team is a real team. Well, and this game changes the Big 12's t- path to the playoffs because now there are no unbeaten Big 12 teams. Correct. Yeah. And so that's if, huge. If, if you look at this, this thing could be really an interesting piece. If there's no Big 12 team that, that can – 
you know, make the top four. If there's no Pac-12 team that can make the top four, now you have the opportunity to have two um, SEC or two Big Ten teams make the make the playoffs. And now that would be a, a really interesting. You'd be looking at one loss teams who were, you know, on the perimeter that were, you know, qualified because of their strength of schedule to make the top four. It'd be a, it'll be very interesting to see how this thing plays out. Speaking of the playoffs, let's talk about Notre Dame beating NC State by 21 this weekend. The score was 21 to 14 at halftime, and then Notre Dame dominated the second half. And so Notre Dame passed well. They rushed extremely well. What do you guys think about the second half of this game or just the domination in general? 318 rushing yards. That tells you that this big offensive line is just wearing people out. Now, I think, and just looking at the at the personnel, I think North Carolina State certainly could not match the strength and speed that Notre Dame had. I uh, I think this is a talented mm-hmm. Notre Dame team and a team that you know whose experience of last year is really benefiting them now because you know I think uh, I think uh, Coach Kelly has changed his. Um, approach to his football team, and I think certainly the two hirees that, that coordinator made a difference offensively and defensively. And well, and let's say it like it is too. Notre Dame is college football, right? And you and you got a, a back like Josh Adams. At last four games, averaging ten yards a carry. I mean, that's that's tough to defend. And uh, you know, when you can dominate the line of scrimmage and control the time of possession like that, uh, you're a tough team to beat. Agree. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to visit with John Jansen. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Um, I was certainly way in front of John. John was way more talented than myself. But what happens is we shared – what were similar experiences as players. And then I was fortunate enough to be on staff when John arrived and, and I, I coached him and recruited him um, for a bit. But there's a, a very distinct connection between Michigan men. It just happens. And uh, I, I so enjoyed uh, sitting with uh, or standing with you on the sideline, watching the Michigan team beat the Florida team to start the season out. So, uh, if you would, uh, John, just kind of uh, share with us your some of the experiences that you had at Michigan and uh, maybe how we met. Well, I'm I, uh, you know, pleased to be on with you, Coach, and uh, always thought the world of you, and I'm, I'm excited that you're doing what you're doing now, so I get to talk to you a little bit more. And um, You know, we, uh, we first met when I was being recruited at Michigan, and one of the things that uh, I loved about Michigan was when I came to Michigan on a recruiting trip, you could tell that the coaches that were there, the players that were there had a passion for Michigan and Michigan football and, and the history that, that all of Michigan has behind it. And when I had a chance to sit in a meeting room with you coach and, and, you know, I was still in the recruiting process. And one of the things you were talking about different things that we would do on the offensive line. And at that time I was a tight end. I thought I was going to be a, uh, you know, the next Mark Barbaro, and, and I was going to be a great tight end. And, um, you know, little did I know uh, uh, or expect I'd have a great opportunity to play offensive line. And 
you had told me that one of the things that you were going to teach me was was how to punch. But when you talked about it, there was a passion, and it was it wasn't just to punch to to stop a guy. It was it was to take the air out of another man and and to to let him know on the first play of the game that it was going to be a long day for this individual. <laughs> and and that's that's what I, I I remember that, and I and I remember that almost every game that I played. And when you start off every game, you you try and set the tone of what's going to happen. And I, I go back to that moment of my football development. And I think about taking the air out of another man and letting him know that I'm in charge today. And, and, and so I know we only spent one year together, but uh, it was an impactful year and, and, and really set me up for success throughout the rest of my career. Well, you know, what's interesting. You, uh, you know, it's, it's, always the the mind as well as the body and as an example i'll bet you that uh, coaches at michigan myself included gave um, passionate talks like that um, to a number of men and but the guys that got it and then did something with it just made a difference in their life and it's a uh, a you know you were a uh, an all-american had 50 straight starts. Wow. I mean, there was some very special to John Jansen. It, uh, it, the, uh, the, uh, the great fortune for Michigan was is that you exhibited that passion with everything you did. And, uh, and, and obviously, I, I was thrilled to have the association that we've had. So you uh, moved from tight end to offensive line and – um, were a dominant player, played on dominant teams. The 1997 national championship. You guys played uh, Leaf, didn't you? Did you? With Ryan Leaf was the quarterback at uh, Washington State when you uh, um, teed it up against him. It was, yeah, yeah. The great uh, Ryan Leaf for uh, the Cougars, and uh, uh, you know that Rose Bowl game is 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 one that I, I know that you've been to a number of them, and the granddaddy of them all in my opinion, still is. And, and, you know, you mentioned, uh, um, having the 50 starts and, uh, what a great opportunity. I, I, I always felt like I, I wanted 51 and I wanted 52 and, 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 and I'm a little bit upset with some of these guys who now, and, and I look at, you know, Christian McCaffrey of last year and a couple other guys, the business of football is different now than it was back then. I understand that, but, I also understand that if I could have gotten number 51, no matter what was coming the next year, you know, an opportunity in the NFL, I would have jumped at the opportunity. And if somebody said, hey, they've just opened up a loophole where, you know, you can get one more game in as, as an old man, I would jump at it because <laughs> you can never have enough opportunities to get on the football field. And I just, you know, for these guys that are, are opting to not play in bowl games because they don't want it to – affect their draft status or they don't want to get hurt. I understand that and I respect their decision. But the, the message that I would have to those guys is when you have a chance to play in the Rose Bowl or any bowl game, it's another opportunity to, to go into battle with your teammates, your best friends. And you, once you say goodbye, once you say I'm not going to play in that game and that game comes and goes, you will never get it back. And 
I, I just I look at at my career at Michigan, and I had I had an opportunity to start more games than anybody ever has at Michigan, and I'm still wishing that I could have one more. And uh, you know, never pass up the opportunity that's right in front of you because you could also go out there and and play a great football game, make some great memories, and and you'll have stories you can tell your kids forever. That is a uh, that is a the exact right view, in my opinion. I've always felt that the opportunity to take the field with your teammates, you know, that guy that you shared a dorm room with, that guy that that saw you struggle in that math class and that you were fighting like hell to get a grade, and and then the enjoyment that you had when you stepped onto the field and competed physically, and um, I, uh, yeah, you, uh, if to take the field one more time. I agree with you completely. But you know what what they say is and this is, you know, really a great question for you. They're looking at the happenstance of injury and this is a business decision and they mm-hmm. they're saying I'm not playing for the national title, so everything else is below what possibility the the NFL could offer with contract and length of stay. And I don't want to take a chance on getting injured. And um, I don't think you can play football that way. I think no. that you. I think you have to play an aggressive style of football and enjoy it at, at every turn, whether it's practice or the game, or the likelihood of injury will be greater. What 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 did you uh, you mentioned it? You know, maybe the business decisions are a little different nowadays. Well, there's just there there. there money riding on it and we both know that money money rules the world money drives every decision that's made whether it's you know and you could say well it doesn't in college football and then you'd be lying to yourself because um it you know tv contracts and shoot deals and and all of these things have their hand and and when 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 teams play football games and and who they're playing and where they're playing and um so i understand the business side of things and i and i understand it from the nfl i mean i spent 12 years there and, and i and i understand that the problem that i have is a guy coming out and saying whether he says it in so many words or not he's saying that what i have coming up in my future possibly is is so big that it's more important than taking the field with the guys who have struggled for four, even five years to go out there and win football games. And I'm telling my teammates that I appreciate you guys helping me get to this point. But now that I'm here, what I have coming up is so much more important. I'm not going to play with you guys anymore because I might, I might get hurt. You have a, a strong identity with team. What you you were saying there is that we are connected and we're connected over time. And how can you have something on the side in the perimeter that's more important than our team goals and what we have to accomplish as a team as we go forward game by game, my your senior year, his senior year, and that bowl game, that 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 opportunity to saddle it up one more time and be a a, a Michigan uh, player, I, uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. The uh, it's, well, uh, you know, and 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 and, it, and maybe, coach, maybe it's just that 
our experience at Michigan is, and, and, and the, you know, when Bo talked about the team, the team, the team, and, and, and it's so ingrained in you at Michigan that it's a different experience than everybody else has. And that's a, that's a strong possibility. I can understand that. And, and I wish, I wish everybody had a chance to, you know, play for Michigan and, and, and had a chance to experience just a little bit of it because it is so special and it, and it shaped my life and my loyalties to my family, my teammates, my, you know, anything that you endeavor after you leave the game of football um, is influenced by your experience, how you, how you process those experiences and how you act on them. And, you know, I, I think there, I've had a lot of guys who played in 97 that, that came up and, and they never played another down after that, after that year. And they've been in job interviews and, and, and they've been, you know, some of those guys are now running the companies that they started working for. And, you know, they were asked eventually in, in, in interviews, what was it like to play in front of 110,000 people? What was it like to wear the maize and blue? What was it like to wear the winged helmet and, and run out of the tunnel and play in front of millions more on TV? And, you know, I think one of the things they're able to tell whoever they're talking to, whether it's a, a, a prospective uh, employer um, or, or, or anybody else is, is that they learn to perform under pressure, that they learn to, um, you know, deal with success, fight back from failures. They learn to operate as a team. And, and, and I think one of the most important things, and, and touched on this just a little bit ago, is, is you learn how to lead and, and you learn how to be a leader, but you also learn when it's the appropriate time to follow and how to be a good, you know, uh, a good follower, and, and and follow those that are in a position of of power and, and leadership and success. And um, I think all of those values kind of have shaped where I'm at now in my life, the success that I had in football, um, and and they continue to shape the opinions I have of of as the business of football changes, what I feel is right, what I feel is wrong, and and I hope that I can instill in my kids um you know and if i ever do get get back into football and coaching that i can instill those same things into my players because i i just feel that the they're so important and there's no greater team sport than football i agree with you i i feel exactly the same way let's switch gears a little bit um michigan state is it a rival or not (laughs) <laughs> Coach, you, you, I tell you what, man, I've, I've had a little bit of an issue with my blood pressure, and you're not helping me out here. Uh, whenever I hear about the Spartans, and, and, and I've, I've had teammates in the NFL that were Spartans, um, and they know what the rivalry is, and, and, and we all know what the rivalry is and, and should be and will be again. And that's the fact that Michigan has dominated that series over the course of, you know, what, a, a hundred years. Right. And, you know, it, it, and it bothers me. It really bothers me that, that we have classes going through now, freshmen coming in that have only beat the Spartans one time. Or we had a we had a class go out and, and, and coach this 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 bothers me tremendously that that didn't beat the Spartans at all, um, or the Buckeyes. Eight of um, ten, eight it, it, of ten. It, I, I it, it, you you are coming right to it 
It's a rival. It's a stinking rival. You turn and face your rival. You put a a premium on your preparation and a premium on your play in that game. And you and and what Coach Chembeckler did when he came in and and basically we were hearing stories of of Gary Moeller and uh, and Bo and those guys that were coming up the road from uh, Miami of Ohio and the the premium that he put Coach Chembeckler put on the Michigan State rival you win in state first and. I, I just want you to know, I can't imagine that that, I mean, that that isn't understood fully by every anybody who wears that winged helmet. And, and especially the guys, I mean, you know how it is uh, being an in-state university. Half the guys on either team are from the state of Michigan. That's right. And I grew up in the state of Michigan. I watched the games that, that, that you were in. I've watched the games that, that you coached in. And, and when I got a chance to go to Michigan, the one game that I wanted to have an impact in, I wanted to be a part of, was the Michigan State game because you've got to live with the results of that game for 365 days. And for the players, you've got to live with those results the rest of your life because one of the questions they'll ask you is, uh, you know, as an alumni, hey, what was your record against Michigan State? What was your record against Ohio? And you have to own up to what you did in those games. And, and I'm, you know, for me, I was three and one against both teams. I lost my first one against Michigan state. Tony Banks was given an extra opportunity at the end of that game to steal a, a, a win from us. And they did. And then, uh, the last game that I had against Ohio, um, down, uh, in Columbus, I, I lost that one. And I, I can, I can remember plays from all eight of those games. Like it was yesterday. And, and I, you know, there's plays that you always wish you had back or you wish you could have done something different that may, may have, have, have had a better result. And, and I go, when I lay down at night and I think about playing for Michigan and, and playing football there, I think about the Michigan State game. And in 97, how Charles Woodson, I look down the, the, the line and, and he's, you know, in midair, twisting around, catching a ball one hand, puts one foot down and the sideline just absolutely erupts and the rest of the crowd is quiet. Um, you know, Chris Howard running mm-hmm. through the line of scrimmage and he's running down the field and, and he gets the ball tapped out from behind him, but he's able to, 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 to get it in his grip and he goes down and we go in and score right before halftime. And, and I took a guy, Demetrius Underwood, uh, who was a defensive lineman for Michigan State, and I put him in the back of the end zone and he hits me in the face mask and gets ejected <laughs> from the game and, and all of those plays. Um, Coach, and I know, I know you're, you're – you're older than I am, but you can remember them yeah. like they were yesterday, and, and, and you you get a chance to relive those games the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, you were you. Uh, that that was always a physical series, no matter oh. how they played before you or how they played, or how they were going to play after you played them. They came to play in that one, and we came to play in that one. Fist fight. Now. The uh, how do you recap the year for for the uh, for the Michigan Wolverines? Obviously, it's gonna it's gonna have to be a an enjoyable uh, opportunity at uh, at playing those guys um, from Ohio. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, there's you know when you when you play at Michigan, you're always playing for championships. That's always the goal, whether it's Big Ten championship. Uh, that's the number one goal, and then then if you win the Big Ten championship, you're gonna 
you're going to have an opportunity at, at things beyond that. But, um, you know, for Michigan now, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of going out there. They still are, are a team that is going to have influence on who wins the Big Ten title because they're going to play Wisconsin uh, the second to last week of the season. We get to go to Madison, uh, Camp Randall, which is an unbelievable place to play, another great program uh, in the Big Ten and, and great history and tradition as well. And, and right now they're, they're basically running through the west side of that Big Ten. And um, I, I still think the east side is, is, is where all the powerhouse football teams are, and they're going to run into a buzzsaw called Michigan uh, in, in mid to late November. And, and so we can have a factor or be a factor in what happens on the West of the big 10. And then the week after that, those Buckeyes come to town and it's Thanksgiving weekend. Nobody's going to be working on Friday. Everybody's <laughs> going to be talking about, you know, who's coming to town and, and the Buckeyes again are going to be, you know, they're going to be talking about how great they are and, and how they're an unbeatable team and oh how they could beat the Cleveland Browns and Alabama can beat the Browns and you know all of these great things are going to be talked about. Well, you know what? In '95 and '96, they were the number one team in the land and they came in. They had a Heisman Trophy winner in Eddie George, and we put it on them in 95 in the big house. Uh, Tamunga Biaka Batuka ran for over 320 yards. <laughs> we could not be stopped. And then they said the next year in 96, oh, well, hey, we're number one this year and, and you've got to come to Columbus. There's absolutely no way you're going to win this game. And we got to the end of the game. Ty Streets hit a slant route. Sean Springs falls down. And we go up right after halftime. And one of the greatest moments of my career no matter when it was, NFL or college, was the very final drive. We ran drive and Plymouth, our counterplay, right and left. <laughs> we alternated every other play right down the field. And I loved when we would run Plymouth because that, was, that meant I got a chance to pull around and hit the great Andy Katzenmoyer at linebacker right. and just know that we were going to get three or four yards. And we ran, gosh, I think it was 12 or 13 plays. And they called a couple of timeouts at the beginning of the drive to try and save some time. But at the end of the game, the team that was on the field was our offensive unit because we took the time off the clock, we had the lead, and we won that game. And there was, that was one of the most memorable drives of my life. And it is the watching the seconds tick off with the offense, with the ball in their control as they – finish the game that is a great place to finish the game we always talked about whoever was on the field for the back end of the game you have to win it then whether it's offense defense or special teams if you're kicking it off if you're however it is you have to go and win that that game finishes then you have to control it where it is and at the end of the game boy to have an offense on the field to take a drive and, and kill those last four, six minutes. What a wonderful, what a wonderful experience. Um, yeah. And, and to just know that the crowd at the start of that drive, they're into it. And, and, and the, the opposing defense, they knew th there was no secret. We didn't change formations. We didn't change motions. We didn't change personnel. You were on the field. You were going to run drive. All right. <laughs> Next time you line up, you're going to run Plymouth. Next time you line up, you run drive, and you run it right down the field, and, and the opposing defense knows exactly what you're going to do, 
and they can't stop it. And then the, t- the, the, the seconds tick off and you shake your buddy's hands, you know, you shake a hand or two across the, the, the line of scrimmage and you go into the locker room and you get a chance to sing the victors yeah. and enjoy the, 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 the sweet feeling of victory. Mm, mm, mm. I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's exactly right. Now, hey, I just want you to know this. Um, you had a great career. You got a great perspective. You took a lot from Michigan, but you left a lot as well. I just want to thank you. And, uh, and I, your, your family is being coached and raised from some of the experiences that you had with that, uh, with that Michigan club. Hey, John, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, we should, we should do this uh, on a, on a, on an annual basis at least. So uh, coach, you call me anytime. Hey. I'd love to, I always love talking football with good football men. And it's even better when we get to talk Michigan football. Yeah, that's with correct, Michigan man. Man. That is correct. Hey, John, thanks again. Take care. Thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Let's move forward to this weekend and talk about some predictions. Iowa State at West Virginia. What do you guys think? My Cyclones, baby. Keep them rolling. They're going to keep going. Let's go. West Virginia I'm not is jumping a off that bandwagon. West Virginia is a difficult place to play. And, uh, and Iowa State's been playing at home. I'm picking, I'm picking against um, John... Uh, just to see, I, I know you like those uh, cyclones. I'm taking West Virginia. I agree. Let's you move on to Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to number seven, Penn State at Michigan State, number twenty-four. So they're both ranked teams. This is a good matchup. This is a good matchup, and especially with the loss that they just had, Penn State. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. John, why don't you jump in there? I think Penn State all the way. Uh, I would not like to be playing uh, the Nittany Lions this week. I think they're uh, they're mad and they're upset, and they're going to take it out on Michigan State. Even though it's up there in East Lansing, Penn State uh, is going to probably win that game. Guys, I hate to say it. What do these teams have in common? This is the battle of the teams that have beaten Michigan and their ranks because of it. So we'll see who's the better team. Don't bring I, don't, that up. I don't know enough. I know. I'm sorry to do that to you guys, but uh, I think Penn State for me. I like. I mean, I really respect the way they played Ohio State. So I'm going Penn State. Let's move on to I'm Virginia going Penn Tech State at too. Miami. So we're oh, we're okay. we're all agreed on Penn State at that. One. We did. There yeah. Was Hopefully, we won't all be wrong next week. Virginia Tech at Miami, both in the top fifteen right now. That's a big game. I was not as impressed with Miami's quarterback play, and I saw bits and pieces of that game. I'm, I like Virginia Tech's defense, and I'm going to go to Virginia Tech. But you don't yeah. think that that Miami was overlooking UNC and looking forward to that top 15 matchup against Virginia Tech? There's the, I, All I'm I saying is you, you, you had better be able to throw and catch in that game. I mean – a North Carolina team almost had the opportunity to win that game based on how Miami played. I uh, I, I I don't know how they'll look at uh, these games, but I would I'd be willing to bet that Virginia Tech would have the ability to rush that passer and play defense and 
I like they're scoring they're scoring points more than they have in the past. So I uh, I kind of like. You know who their quarterback is, Les? Right, Freddie Jackson's son. Is that really freshman? No kidding. Uh, Redshirt freshman, Josh Jackson. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. He's playing. Uh, he's trained tremendously. But I got to go with with uh, with the U. I, I got to go with the U uh, down there in South Florida. Uh, I think the way I think there's something about that team this year. Uh, I think they, whether it was the, the hurricane that got them off to a slow start or what, but I just think there's something there. I think they got a lot to prove. Uh, I love their uniforms, and I think that uh, the Canes are going. The Canes will dominate. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, I don't know if they'll dominate. It'll be a close game, but I, I do think you're right. They, they have, have pretty uh, uniforms, John. I'm sorry. They do. Who makes? I picked a well-coached Urban Meyer team last week, and I'll pick, pick a well-coached Mark Rick team this week. So I don't disagree with that point about the Miami quarterback needing to have a good game, but I'm going Miami all the way, especially at home. So now we have a fun one to talk about. I know Dad will be into this one. The Bedlam matchup. And it's where game day is going to be. Oklahoma State's ranked 11th. OU's ranked 8th. This is a big one. What do you guys think? Well, I like Mason Rudolph. I like Washington as a receiving pair. I think that they can take advantage of Oklahoma where other people can't. I think they can spread the ball around, and I think they can run it from spread formations. I really like their offensive concept. Uh, defense is playing better. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma State. Do you pick it with your heart or your head, Les? I'm picking with both in this particular instance. Okay, I'm picking Oklahoma. I think uh, getting their nose bloodied there by the Cyclones, they realize that they have to uh, they have to beat uh, Oklahoma State, even though it's at Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm going with my man Baker Mayfield to go in there and make a statement and beat Oklahoma State at home uh, to continue their 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 run towards the title and, and an opportunity to get in the playoffs. Keep his flags to himself. (laughs) (laughs) I love this matchup because I like to see highly ranked opponents in rivalry matchups where they're both where both of them have their backs against the walls and they this win is crucial to them making the big game. But I think Oklahoma State's do. I think that Bob Stoops is gone and Bob Stoops has kind of had his way recently in that rivalry. And so I'm thinking that Oklahoma State's gonna get this one. And let's move on to another rivalry game, another rivalry game that Dad's very familiar with, Mm -hmm. LSU at Alabama. And this is the biggest point spread that has been predicted. It's over 20, I believe. And it's been predicted that Bama would win by 20 for the first time in this decade. Yeah, you can't can't do that in this. You can't. uh, You you favored by three touchdowns. It makes no difference. Um, now they're playing at Alabama, and here's what here's what's happened with LSU. LSU came out of the gate not playing physical, not giving great effort, just really started slowly. But by the time they got to Florida, they were playing physical football. They had to tackle physically, they had to run the football physically, and they 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 really came to life. Had a had a nice win against um, Ole Miss. And then a very impressive victory against a quality Auburn team. I, I want you to know something. I think they're playing their best football. I think with coming off a of bye week, both Alabama and LSU off a of bye week, I think LSU gives, is given its best chance 
at winning this game. The the approach being, hey, we're going to give them this. This is a great opponent. We're going to play best and uh, have fun. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of energy at the building. Um, I uh, it's hard for me to pick against LSU. Allow me to savor my moments. You guys go first. So who'd you pick, Les? <laughs> he just said he's going to savor his moments. I am going to wait. I am going to wait before I make my pick. Alabama's going to win. Okay, LSU's going to give great effort, and they're going to play a tremendous game, and they're going to battle and fight like hell. But Alabama's going to probably win this game. I don't think by three touchdowns, but they, I think they're going to they're going to win this game, and uh, I think this is uh, it's going to be a classic. Bama LSU game. It'll be a dogfight, uh, defensive struggle. It'll be flying around both sides, but in the end, I think uh, the Crimson Tide will prevail. Go ahead, Smack. Oh, I I'm with you, Dad, on this one. It, it hurts me to say it, and I don't like to be wrong. And the one thing I will say for LSU is that LSU will bring Mary game. But Alabama doesn't ever overlook LSU. There's nothing to overlook. It's an extremely talented team. I think Alabama brings their A game, and I think LSU brings their A game. I'm a fan of Jalen Hurd. I really am. I believe that he has the intangibles to play in the big games and do the right things. Um, I'm, I'm dad. I'm struggling with this one like you are. Nick Saban teams always drop one game. They always do. But I also... But not to LSU. They don't overlook LSU. Yeah, they drop one that, one that they should win. And I don't... I'm with you, Dad. I don't see that point spread as being anything believable at all. Um, I think LSU is playing their best football. I think Darius is completely bought in and playing hard. And uh, I'm going Alabama by four. And handicapped. Yeah, you 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 is Les done savoring? <laughs> yeah, the savoring is over. Okay, now I just that hurt me to say that. That is painful. I mean, for understand, oh, we have we love LSU. LSU's spectacular place, and and um, um, your education um, was financed in small part by that uh, that institution. So, uh, <laughs> I was about to uh, say how, many, how many disclaimers how do I got to sit here and listen to? How many, how many disclaimers? We know you love LSU. Yeah. We know Smack's education was paid for by LSU. <laughs> so were the rest of the Miles kids. But can, Les, can you make a pick? I mean, you're you're a media guy now. Can you make uh, a pick? Yeah, I you think can, I should. Yes. I, you know, I have the. Uh, I'm on. I'm in the studio in this in the uh, CBS studio for this game. I think I'm gonna have to save my pick for that. So. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> They're going to wow. make you pick it then. Okay, okay. Take a stand, okay, here's, here, here it is. Okay, Come I'm on. with you. I, as much as I hate to admit it, if, if I had to uh, bet the house, I'd have to bet on Alabama. So. <laughs> Woo, that only took five minutes. Thanks for joining us uh, with uh, Less Is More, and we appreciate you being with us every week. Uh, please uh, check us out on iTunes, uh, leave a voice message and a question, 
and uh, we'll, we'll get that hotline cranking, and then uh, your, your uh, question will end up on the air. So uh, The number is 833-LESS-MORE. That's correct, and I'll say it one more time. 833-LESS-MORE. Perfectly done. Hey, look forward to next week. Come be with us, and have a great day. The Players Tribune dot com.